Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning from the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young woman you were with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourselves known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. So far in our study of Ruth, we've seen the idea of loyalty and kindness. And today we see trusting God and trusting obedience. Last week we left off with Ruth returning from the field. She returned to Naomi's house after a long day harvesting the grain. And she tells Naomi about her day. And after listening to Ruth, Naomi begins to realize that God is still there working in their lives. And she remembers that God is loyal, God is faithful, and God is merciful to His children. So Naomi knows what must be done. She's encouraged by the day's activities of Ruth and meeting Boaz. So Naomi instructs Ruth to seek Boaz as a provider to ensure a good future for her. Naomi knows that the crop has been harvested and Boaz would be spending the night at the threshing floor. And that's a normal activity. During the harvest season, you've got to get out there and you've got to work late into the night to take care of the crops. So you're probably exhausted by the evening when you get finished, so you just kind of crash right where you're at. Just kind of fall over asleep. Not only that, but you have, essentially this is your livelihood. You've got all this grain now, it's harvested, and you just don't want it leaving, uh, leaving it sit alone in a barn. So no doubt Boaz would spend a night there to you know, protect the grain uh, from, from possibly thieves or uh, from, from animals as well. So so Naomi knows this. She knows the the process. And she instructs Ruth to clean herself up, put on her best outfit, and head down to the threshing floor to indicate that she was willing to have Boaz as her husband by uncovering 
her his feet. Ruth trusted Naomi and obeyed the instructions. Now some commentators have read more into this than there really is, and some people, you know, question really what was going on and was this an ethical thing to do? Was it a moral thing to do? And there was no this was a, a just a typical custom that they did. This was no immoral acts were committed with the uncovering of his feet. This was simply a custom of a way of a, a younger woman essentially proposing to an older man. Now Ruth was taking great risk at doing this. She could have been rejected by Boaz, and of course that would be humiliating. And she could have been humiliated if she was found alone with Boaz. Her life could have even been at risk. I mean, after all, Boaz was there protecting his grain, and if she was sneaking around, sneaking in, you know, whatever, a pitchfork or whatever he had in his hand, he could have just been startled and let out a, you know, a, a whack with it. So she could have risked her life as well. But she trusted in Naomi, and she believed in, in, in the God of Naomi. So she goes and she obeys. Sometime during the middle of the night, the Boaz was startled. He, you know, sometimes we do that. We just kind of wake up. And he realized that someone was there right next to him. So he asked, who's there? Again, they didn't have night lights or anything, street lights or anything. It would have been pitch black more than likely. So he asked, who's there? And Ruth says, I am your maid, Ruth. Spread your covering over your maid, for you are a close relative. This response of Ruth shows that she was submitting to Boaz and was willing to be her husband according to the customs of the day. And as I said, Ruth demonstrated moral excellence in all of her actions and, and her standards. She didn't engage in any acts of immorality. She could have looked to remarry outside the family. wouldn't have been right, but she could have done that. She could have gone back to her own people to remarry. But she appealed to the customs and the traditions of the Jewish people. These are the people that she accepted as her own. So in all these aspects, she showed her moral excellence. And the same can be said for Boaz. We said he was a man of integrity. In chapter 2, verse 12, Boaz blesses Ruth by saying, May the Lord reward your work and your wages be from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Little did he know at the time of that blessing that God was going to use him to carry out and fulfill that blessing. So Boaz, too, is an excellent man. And it's fitting that they were perfectly matched together in marriage. Boaz was a kind man, as we saw. He was a man of integrity. But he, too, was taking a risk for Ruth. But he showed his compassion to her and his compassion for her. If we were to continue reading chapter 3, we would see that Boaz's integrity comes out once again. Boaz could have simply said, yes, I'll marry you, I'll take you as my 
wife. But there's a problem, and Boaz knows about it. The problem was Boaz's righteousness, quite honestly. He was a righteous man. He was a man of integrity. He knew the laws. He knew the traditions. He knew the customs. And he knew that the closest relative in this type of situation is the one that has the rights to get married first. If he chooses not to, to marry the person, then it goes on to the next closest relative and the next closest and the next closest until someone will marry this girl. And Boaz knew that there was someone closer in relation to Ruth than him. So it's Boaz says, yes, I will accept this marriage as long as the closer relative does not want to exercise his right to marry you. And Ruth spends the rest of the night laying at Boaz's feet. And again, Scripture is clear that nothing immoral happened. And Boaz didn't want people to think that something immoral was happening either. So he sent, he told uh, Ruth to get up early in the morning and to leave. But he didn't just send her off empty-handed. He gave her some, some barley, some grain to take back to Naomi. And he told her to wait for him to inquire of this other closer relative. So Ruth does. She goes back to Naomi. And Naomi knew that Boaz wasn't truly a man of integrity and would feel, fulfill his promise with a sense of urgency. And they simply needed to wait now. Wait on Boaz. To wait on the Lord. To work through Boaz. And that's tough to do sometimes. As I said before, we're an instant society. Microwave. Instant dinners. We want things immediately. We want things now. We don't like to wait. But are you willing to wait on the Lord like Naomi and Ruth were? Do you trust God? Do you believe He's got a plan? Not only for you, but for His church and for His believers. Look at some of those characteristics that, that Ruth had. She was a hard worker. She did what was right. She put herself out there. She took risks. She trusted. She obeyed. She was faithful. She was loyal. Do we have those characteristics in our lives that bring us to the confidence in the Lord that He will work in our lives? Certainly there are consequences or costs associated with obeying God today. There's always the possibility of being rejected by our friends, by our co-workers, by our family members. And more than likely, we'll need to forego or forsake some of the worldly things, some of the worldly activities. And the question is, are you willing to pay the price? Ruth was. Ruth did. She stepped out. It was a risk. But she stepped out in obedience, in trusting obedience. She trusted God. 
Some of us indeed have paid the price. We've made personal sacrifices in accordance with God's will. We give of our time, our talents, our blessings, our money to be here or to do whatever it is that you do for God. And God knows what you do. He knows why you do it as well. He knows your heart. And we will be rewarded for that. But we don't do it for a reward. Sometimes in life, things just don't turn out the way we expect them to. But if we really trust God and we believe in Him and we believe that He loves us and we believe that He has our interests in mind, then even when things seem to fall apart in our life and and don't seem to be going our way, we don't need to worry. We can simply trust that God has it under control. Because He does. And that's part of being content being content with the things in life. Not being lazy. Sometimes people mix contentment with lackadaisicalness or laziness. And they're different things. Contentment is accepting what God has done for you. It's trusting in God when things appear to be out of control. Whereas discontent is really just a lack of faith and trust in God and His love and His concern for us. It's like saying God doesn't love us. He's lost control and He doesn't care. Sure, He may let things happen to us and they may not seem very good to us or for us. But they're part of His plan. Sometimes the bad things happen to strengthen us. Other times they happen to us to show us our weaknesses. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And in verse 19, Paul continues, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. How often we forget that. We don't always have what we want. But we have what we need. And God supplies all our needs. Paul trusted God completely. There's no doubt about that. And when things fell apart in his life, and it seems as though things were upside down and going crazy, he just kept on trusting God. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. But he just kept trusting God. And there are uncertainties that that each of us face each and every day, just like Ruth did. Ruth didn't know what was going to happen. She didn't know the outcome. She didn't know the results. But she trusted in God and knew that everything would work out according to His plan. And we too need to place our trust into God and let Him handle the details, just like Ruth did. And it's tough for us because we like to maintain control. We like to be in charge. But we can't do that with God. He's in charge. We must submit to Him and let Him lead us and guide us 
where he wants us to go. Ruth trusted God and she obeyed. We too need to let God handle the details of our life. Let's close with a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for yet another example of a faithful believer in Ruth. This time of her trusting obedience. Help us to be like her and exhibit those characteristics that she has in our lives. Sometimes you ask us to step out in faith and we may not always be comfortable with that. It may cause us fear and anxiety. But forgive us when we lack that faith to take the risk that you ask of us and give us the courage and the strength to trust and obey you. We ask this in your son's precious name. Amen.